Well, happy Hope Day, everyone, and welcome back to Life Works Better with Coach Mel. How are you, Coach? Well, I uh, I feel like I am in the game. I think you are. <laughs> You're all suited up and ready to go. I got my... Uh, my Principio coaching sweatshirt on mm, today. AKA your Principio hoodie. Yes, that's mm-hmm. it. You look warm. I, even, I love it. Even had uh, several people today say, hey, where can I get one of those? And where can they? I said, the uh, the sweatshirt or the coach? <laughs> well, sell it as a bundle. <laughs> los, lo, as they would say in Spanish, los dos. Both of los, them. Yes, los dos. Okay. Let's see here. What did I have? So. Does, oh, the audience loves my shirt. Yes, and I think that you should give everyone in the audience a free Principio sweatshirt. Really? Yeah. Well, all right. I'm In that audience, though. Everyone in that audience that yes. writes to me and gives me their email, <laughs> we will do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm only speaking for the, the audience here that's clapping. Yes. Okay. Are you going to give away a, a hoodie to everybody? Everybody that was clapping, and that was you. Yeah, that was me. I'll take so, get ready. I'll take one and hot you should pink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we have a lot of good news, but I want to begin this as we're nearing the end of the year. Yes. Uh, you, you, Clarissa, you have this as a, uh, a framed and hanging on your wall here in the studio. Mm-hmm. It's on my desk. And I was used to. Uh, uh, I, I've heard bits and pieces of this, but never from the message mm-hmm. Bible. So as I was reading this just a few minutes ago, I want to I want to read this right now. And I really feel that this is for someone, if not everyone, who listens to this program mm-hmm. for this next year. The prophet Amos. Now, Amos was talking specifically to the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. But Paul says that we... Once we enter into the family of God by faith, we are heirs of Father Abraham's blessings. And so through the prophet Amos, who was a farmer, by the way, and uh, he was not a, uh, a degreed prophet or minister, king, or he was just a farmer, but uh, he wasn't just a farmer. He was also a mouthpiece for God. And so Amos chapter 9, verse 13 through 15 from the Message Bible. And I want to read this for someone, if not everyone, who's listening to this podcast. Amos said, yes, indeed, it will not be long now. This is God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast that your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I will make everything right again for my people. They will rebuild the ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work in their gardens and eat fresh eat fresh vegetables. And I'll plant them, and I'll plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God, says so. Amen. So the Folks listening to this episode of the podcast, if you felt something stirring in your heart as you were hearing this, then you look it up. Amos 9, 13 to 15, and you take this and you pray this, and you believe, and this year that's coming will be a year of blessings. 
when one good thing will be overtaken by something better. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. So we could quit and go home right now and say it was a good one, but we're going to press on. Let's press on. That was good. Okay, part of the blessing mm-hmm. for Principio, this last trip that I made to Honduras, mm-hmm. uh, made contact with some of our new farmers there. We have invested some money uh, in their farm mm-hmm. to build drying houses dedicated specifically for the cascara. And so it's, I mean, it's what Principio does. We we raised money here. We took some money from our coffee and tea company, and then we raised some more money. And we we sent it down to them, and they built drying houses on their land. And then the money that they receive from that, they will give back to Principio in product, in cascara. So it's like a loan for them, but they won't repay money. They'll repay with their product. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, this year... Uh, already we have uh, we already have produced in two weeks of harvest two weeks out of out of 15 13 to 15 weeks of harvest in those two weeks we've already produced more cascara than we produced all last year wow abundance yes and of course as this passage right here talks about and it's it's a a catchphrase for principio cascara tea it's the wine of teas. Wine of teas. Mm-hmm. Because each, each variety of coffee and the different farms and the different mountains with the different kinds of soil, it's just like wine. It, they, they each have a different flavor profile. And, but one great thing about it is that they, they're all very uh, high in antioxidants mm-hmm. and other uh, bioflavonoids, which makes them very healthy, nutritious, mm-hmm. and uh, lightly caffeinated for just a good, gentle, not a spike, mm-hmm. but just a gentle energy boost at any time of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one of the greatest things about it, and Clarissa, this is what I love about the Cascara story, mm-hmm. is that it's, it's truly a redemptive story because this has taken something that had been thrown away for centuries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're taking that, and, and it's being a cash part of the cash crop for the farmer mm-hmm. and then it's very nutritious mm-hmm. for them and they're drinking it i mean they, they're they're on it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I, I like the fact because as it relates to economic development in honduras you play a very major part in that and you're keeping that dollar circulating in that area uh to help you know and i always go to the men you know because i see where men really want to do something great for their families. Yeah. They want to provide for their families. And so I see where um, Principio is providing that opportunity. And, and for women, too. You know, women are working and are able to provide for their family and their children. And, you know, with you being able to produce the, the cascara the way you are, you have to pay people to do that. And that empowers people there to be able to, you know, be economically sound and solid. Yes, and it's it's that third part. And I'm uh, I think we ought to call it, the the Honduran proverb mm. and forget about that other country that's over there on the other side of the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and let's just call this the Honduran proverb. Yes. Now they'll recognize it the first two parts but the third part mm-hmm. is the impactful part. Mm-hmm. You give a man a fish you feed him for a day you teach him to fish you feed him for a lifetime but if you will invest in his fishing business and buy his product you can help him change his community for generations. Mm. 
I love that part. <laughs> That's I the like Honduran that. proverb. I love it. And it's not the ancient Honduran proverb. It's the new Honduran proverb. Yeah, it's the right now proverb. <laughs> so what we are doing is we are investing in their business and buying their product. Mm. So, and, and kudos to all of the Principio customers because you two are playing a part yes, in this. Yes, you know, every cup that you buy, every subscription that you subscribe subscribe to, is pouring into the efforts of Principio. Yes, you, so. every one of us, we we are mm-hmm. each a link in the chain, mm-hmm. and and you know I I had a vision of this when when I, I shared with a group of uh, leaders and pastors in Honduras ten years ago. I've been going for fifteen, but ten years ago I shared with a group of them. That the time was going to come when some of them would be going to other countries doing in other countries what Principio had done in Honduras. And I remember then one of the older pastors started crying, and I asked him what was going on. And he said, for the first time in my life, I'm able to see myself as a link in the chain and not just the ball at the end. Wow. That's a huge revelation. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I I feel that just saying right. it again. And <laughs> and many times in missions, we think about all those people. They're so glad, so grateful that, mm-hmm. that we're coming and helping them. Well, they feel like the ball at the end because we're always just seeing them as the one that's in need and that we don't ever need them. And right. and it's like, okay, we're going to get people, more people to come down here and help you more. Mm-hmm. No, we're going to help you to begin with, but you're going to go somewhere else and help somebody else. And that's right. what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And so... And, and, and whenever he said that, I had the vision of that link, of that chain, that kingdom chain. And Clarissa, you know, one thing that was very pronounced about that chain, mm-hmm. every link was the same size. Oh, wow. Mm. It didn't matter how just from the person observing the, the chain, it didn't matter how important someone looked or someone felt or how necessary someone may have been. Yes. Every link is exactly the same size. So every person that drinks a cup of Principio Cascara tea, the wine of teas, every person who drinks a cup of this, you're becoming and you are continuing to be a link in this kingdom chain, and your link is just as big as anyone else's ever could be because you're part of the chain. It's awesome. It's awesome. And that's a good feeling. Yes, it is, especially when the tea is so good. Tasting. Yes. <laughs> Excuse us while we could. Yeah, take another sip here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I just, I just saw a little play on words here. <laughs> the principio with an S I P. Y'all excuse us out there in podcast land. We're just having a good yeah, time. We're having a good time. By it, the way, it's it's. It uh, must be the day for the peas. It must be. It must be. So. Uh, lots of great things happening. There's there's change in the air. I mean, it isn't just, you know, Clarissa. I almost feel like right now that. I mean, I'm I've been told that I am, a superlative, not that I speak so well, but that I speak in superlatives, like the best. Superlatives. Yes, superlatives. <laughs> well, that's a tongue twister. Superlatives. <laughs> superlatives. Yes. The first time I saw that word, uh, when I was in uh, junior high. I called it superlative. This is a superlative condition. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Because, you know, I mean, that's in English grammar. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you have the noun, and then you have the comparative, mm-hmm. and then you have the superlative. So the the uh, just the noun would be uh, tea. Okay. Then the comparative would be more tea, mm-hmm. and then the superlative would be much tea. Much tea. And it's like good, better, best. Okay. Good is just the uh, the, the nominative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then better is the comparative, mm-hmm. and best is the superlative. I feel like God thinks in the superlative. Yeah, He is a superlative God. I like that. And so when we think in superlatives, we're thinking God's thoughts. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I got to like take another that. sip. Yeah, that I think I will too. I like that. So we must think in the superlative. Yes, if we're going to think God's thoughts, then we have to use his words. Mm. And when we think and speak in the superlative, we're speaking the language of heaven. Yes. And I don't know, there's just something uh something stirring in me right now that 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 I don't ever remember being there, Clarissa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm almost sensing that just what's happening in the world today uh, and what we're experiencing, what we have experienced as a global community over the last four years mm-hmm. has, uh, I just almost sense an excitement of superlatives, a superlative yeah. excitement in heaven mm-hmm. that's similar to the very first Christmas Wow! when oh. Jesus was about to come. Yeah, yeah, I can see that and I can feel that. Yes, yeah. and so I just want to pass that on to our listeners, mm-hmm. that just prepare yourself, because just like Jesus came the first time, and many people were not prepared for his first coming, yeah. and uh, and one day he's going to come again. I mean, it could be before Christmas. It could mm-hmm. be, who knows? yeah, any time. could be tonight. Mm-hmm. And we uh, don't want to miss that opportunity. It's, it's an opportunity. To be prepared. Yes, yes, you know, that's you, the opportunity. Was it the, was it the 12 virgins? What was the number? The 10. The 10 virgins? 10 virgins, You know, yeah. there were some that were ready, and some were not. Five were, and five weren't. And so the five who weren't said, oh, you you bunch of good Christians over here, you other five that were prepared, so you can share with me. Hey, everyone has to have their own oil. Right. Mm. <laughs> now, Pastor... <laughs> That's preachable right there. Yes. Uh, you cannot, you can only get your all from the all giver, and that's Holy mm. Spirit. And I cannot share my all with you. You have to have your own story, mm. the power of story. You've got to get your own history with God. Mm. And that's what we want to do. We want to help people, empower people to get their own history with the God yes. of creation. Yes. Mm. Mm. So, the power of story and the story of the ecclesia. And we're going to take a few minutes here now. <laughs> this is powerful. <laughs> <laughs> and then and we're going to talk a little bit about another, about another super event in the story of the ecclesia that was running along parallel with the history of the church. Now, I, I love, again, I love changing words and changing vocabulary because, you know, until until you uh, thoughts and words they they go together they're like 
Uh, they're like the yin and yang. You know, they're balanced. They balance each other, thoughts and words. And we think in our language. And so uh, that's the importance of words and of vocabulary. And the person that has uh, a better comparative, again, the person that has a better vocabulary is going to be able to do a better job communicating. But the person who has the best vocabulary is going to be able to do the best job of communicating. And so to communicate God's heart and God's thoughts, we need God's vocabulary. And the vocabulary that I love changing people's vocabulary because it was powerful when I changed mine, when God changed my vocabulary. And so that's why the story of the ecclesia is different than the story, the history of the church. And we've all heard about the history of the church. Right. I like history. I don't like history. I love church history. I don't. But everyone's interested in some part of history. Mm-hmm. I've learned that, some aspect of it. Because we feel a soul tie to the past. Mm. And so there's something there. Do you think it's, it's, it's tied into, um, like, guilt, depending on what it is? It could be. It, it, it could promote uh, any number of emotions. Hmm. Yes. And so it's some of those uh, generational curses and generational yes. blessings. Yes. That's part of those soul ties to the past. And so part of this that I want us to understand through this whole uh, series on Life Works Better with Story mm-hmm. is how we can be strengthened by the story of the ecclesia and encouraged by that mm-hmm. because the story of the ecclesia is always encouraging. Mm-hmm. And it's always yes. uh, a top-notch experience. Whereas the history of the church, mm-hmm. the church has a, a, a checkered past. Right. The ecclesia has a victorious past mm-hmm. and an even greater and more victorious future. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to encourage all of us to, to get involved in the story of the ecclesia. And so while we're looking at events that happened in the quote-unquote church, right. there, was, there was ecclesia, there was a story being told by the ecclesia. And they were the mouthpiece of heaven. And the event that we're looking at today is what is known in church history as the Great Schism. And that date is 1054 A.D. So we're talking 1,000 years ago. Yeah. Okay, so roughly 2,000 years of, of Christian story. So this was basically halfway through the 2,000-year-old story. And by this time... The, the Western Roman Empire had become very distinct from the Eastern Roman Empire. All the way back in the early 300s when Constantine combined all the power of the East and the West into one person, that was him at Rome. And then his mother was Greek, not Roman. And so to honor her, he built a capital city in, uh, in what is now modern-day Turkey. And like uh, a truly humble man, he named it after himself, the, the Constantinople. But literally in Greek, that meant the city of Constantine, Constantine City. And so he moved the capital of the empire to the eastern part of it in modern-day Turkey, into the, where, the Greek, where Greek still had, and Greek history and, and Greek education and Greek culture still had a bigger influence than the Roman culture. And so when, when Constantine moved the uh, capital of the empire to the eastern part, 
I left a vacuum in the West. And so that is when the Western church, not the ecclesia, but when the church of Rome, which is still known today as the Roman Catholic Church, and it's patterned much after the Roman Empire because you can be a member of the Roman Catholic Church and never having been to Rome. You never have to attend church at Rome to be a member of that church because it sees itself as a universal church. Just like Paul was a citizen of Rome and he'd never been there, but he was a, a, a city. He was a citizen of the city of Rome that represented the entire empire. And so what happened after Constantine left was that the powers that be in the earthly organization known as the church, they organized things in the same manner that the empire was organized. And it became known that not the Roman empire, but the Roman church. And that's when the organism, certain parts of the organism of the ecclesia, then became part of the organization of the Western Roman Church. And there was still what was going on in the East, and, and uh, so the empire capital went to Constantinople, present-day Istanbul in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful city. I had an opportunity to visit that about 12, 13 years ago with my son. Mm-hmm. Spent several days there. It's just, it's so amazing and Mm -hmm. (laughs) to see what what Constantine built (laughs) Mm -hmm. and some of the buildings, some of the walls still there uh, from that time. But uh, the the church, the organization, it it developed differently in the East. The Greek Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church. Orthodox meaning in, in general terminology, they say it means correct teaching, but as we discussed earlier, it actually means in the Greek correct worship. Right. So the worship is more important than the teaching. The teaching flows from correct worship, and Jesus said the correct worship was in spirit and in truth. So what Jesus said right there was that the worship that the ecclesia will do is more important than any organization that the church can come up with. And people in the church still built buildings and said, you're supposed to come here. This is the place to come to worship. This is the blessed place. This is where everybody needs to come. This is what all, all of God's blessings flow from here. But the ecclesia, God's called out ones. Jesus is ecclesia, a group of people that had heard his voice and had started marching to the beat of a different drum. And they didn't care what the organization looked like. They just were listening to the shepherd the head of the ecclesia, mm-hmm. as opposed to the leader of the church. You know, when I think about organized, I think about confinement. Yeah. And, you know, when, you, when you're talking about the ecclesia and worship, there's no, con- you can't confine something Mm-mm. like that. No. You cannot. You simply cannot no. confine true worship. It's freedom. Yes, and, and, and the power of the ecclesia is that, is that each member of the ecclesia mm. is a temple mm. in which the Holy Spirit of God dwells and resides. And we don't have to go anywhere to get a blessing. Right, right. We go everywhere to carry a blessing. Ooh, say that again. 
And I'm going to run around the building while you, you say <laughs> The ecclesia, the members of the ecclesia, they do not have to go anywhere to get a blessing. They can go everywhere and carry that blessing. Okay, this is right. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and so, so here, here we have a split in the organization. But let's just, I want to point out that the ecclesia, there were ecclesia members in both sides of that, and it continued on, and it still continues on. And the ecclesia is still alive and well in the Roman Catholic and the Greek Orthodox and all the other churches and all the other denominations. There's a part of the ecclesia that's there. And they aren't, they don't care about titles, and they don't care about, and I'm speaking to people out there right now that may go to a certain quote-unquote church on Sunday morning, listen, that doesn't mean you can't be part of the ecclesia. That just means that you represent the ecclesia in that place right. with those people. But please don't ever think that 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 all you are mm-hmm. is just what's on that name of that building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, God has placed his name on you, and he's placed your name Ooh. on his list. <laughs> and he's placed his name on your list. Mm-hmm. He has become your list, and he's let us become a part of his list. Yeah. The name that's written down in glory. When I when I allow him to write his name on my heart, then he takes that blood that Jesus shed and he writes a new name for me on that list in heaven. And the ecclesia shares that name. As a matter of fact, it says that nobody knows that name except God. That the people that he gives the name to, they don't even know their name. They have no idea. But we will find it out one day. Mm. Mm. That's the ecclesia. So here in 1054, we had uh, a powerful pope. That's just, uh, was Latin for papa or daddy. Mm-hmm. He was the daddy. Uh, he was the, and, 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 most people, most of the ones that became the bishop of the church at Rome, mm-hmm. they were known as the Pope and still are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he really wanted the Greek Orthodox and all the other parts of Christendom, he wanted them to come under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. And he said that was important uh, because he said all this needs to be determined by one person because we're in the succession of Peter. Mm-hmm. And that, that's another thing that really kind of gets me. If I have to take whatever I'm doing in my heavenly calling, if I have to go through any man who has ever lived to receive my authority, I am not part of the ecclesia. Mm. Because the ecclesia is directed, is connected directly to right. the head. We're part of the body. We're not part of the booty. <laughs> we're, we're not part of just the, the, the treasure the pirate's booty. <laughs> what what the what the church what the organization has robbed from the people. Yes. Mm, 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 mm. We're we're part of the body. Yeah. So I want to find and for those of you out there, uh, well, for example, the one of the things that they that they disagreed on the East and the West uh, Church. They disagreed, for example, on the date of Easter. Now, uh, we don't know much about that because we're just inundated with, uh, uh, with Western uh, Christendom. 
And so Easter is, and most people know this now, but uh, some is, this will be a little different description. But Easter, people say, well, why is Easter different? Why isn't it on the same date every year, the same Sunday every year? Like Thanksgiving is the fourth Thursday in November every year. Christmas is always December the 25th. What, so Easter, it's a Sunday. Why can't we just say it's going to be this particular Sunday? Mm-hmm. Well, because these guys here couldn't agree on a date. And so right now, the Western Church determines Easter by the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. So you've got a lot of variations there. That's why Easter jumps around. And I never knew. The first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. So the spring equinox is March 20th, 21st. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then the first full moon after that and then the first Sunday after that full moon, which is the first full moon after March 20 or 21. Okay, now the reason, the reason that happened is because uh, in the, the 6, 7, and 800 A.D., the Western Church... Okay. Did you see me? <laughs> I saw you. Well, I was just like, okay, because, you know, and which is interesting because... Easter this year is in March. What? March what? 31st. What? Last year it was in April. Yeah. Most of the years it is in April. Mm-hmm. So since, so there's going to be a full moon between March 21st and March 31st. I can guarantee it because that's the way Easter is set. And it's five Sundays in March. Okay. So maybe that has something to do. With well, yeah. So interesting. That means that 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 March uh, that that March the first was uh, was either on Saturday, Sunday. What is March first next year? What day is it on? Uh, on a Friday. Okay. So with thirty-one days, then yes, that's going to be that that last Sunday, March thirty-first. Is that correct? That's Easter Sunday. Yeah. Next year, twenty twenty-four. Okay. So remember, folks, you heard it first right here on wow. Life Works Better with Story. So now you know why Easter. But that's not the way the Eastern Church determines Easter. And they don't call it Easter. Mm-hmm. Easter is, there's several derivations right. of that term. Mm-hmm. But there was a fertility goddess from the Germanic tribes and many other variations of it. By the name of Ishtar. Ishtar. Easter. Hmm. The fertility goddess and many of the newly evangelized, quote-unquote, pagans of Central and Northern Europe that had come into the fold and become Christian, quote-unquote, because they accepted baptism and accepted instruction and accepted communion. So they were Christian. And they had this uh, they had this holiday that they celebrated their fertility goddess, and they did it on the first day of the week, on Sunday, after the first full moon, after the spring equinox. Wow! And so the church, not the ecclesia, the ecclesia we celebrate the resurrection every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, they. They said, okay, we're going to have it on this day. The Eastern Church said, we're going to celebrate Passover. 
we're not going to call it Easter. We're going to call it Passover, and we're going to celebrate it when the Jews celebrate their Passover. So we're going to use the Hebrew calendar, not the pagan calendar, not the Roman calendar. We're going to use the Hebrew calendar. And so the Bishop of Rome said, well, we're not going to do that because we're not Jews. And the Metropolitan, the leader of the church at Constantinople said, well, we're not going to do that because we're not pagan. And they disagreed over the date of Easter. But Clarissa, the beauty of all this is that there were members of the ecclesia, the organism, and they were listening and they were still preaching and teaching and they were healing people and they were casting out demons and they were, they were continuing the ministry of Jesus. And it's great to go back and look at the story of the ecclesia, the history of the church. Some church historians will tell you that signs and wonders died out after the apostles and only came back as a, uh, uh, as a distraction. But no, the ecclesia have They've always been involved in the ministry of Jesus. And we're, we're part of that story of the ecclesia, the called out ones of Jesus. You know, I was wondering how far we were going to get into, if it was going to take us into the new year. The power, the, 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 um, Life works power. better with story. Yeah, the power of story. Oh, it's going to take us. It's going to take us well on into the new year. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, I never knew that as it relates to Easter and even why. And, and it's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yes. Oh, goodness. Guys, listen, make sure you go out and share this podcast because I'm sure, like me, there are so many people that have no idea where the history of Easter came from and about the goddess and all this other and I'm going to go back myself and re-listen to this and listen to it some more and do some more research as well because this is so interesting to me and it's so much power and knowledge it really is guys so listen thank you so much for coming out and and hanging out with us via podcast station and uh, we'll look forward to hearing well checking you out next week what about that yes